This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 142. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. I'm very excited today to talk to you about happiness. I just think we need a little more happiness in our lives right now and in this profession. I feel like we spend a lot of time complaining and worrying, but we spend very little time talking about how and why that we would like to be more happy. And it's possible to be happy right where we are even during a busy day at work, even when your kids are yelling, even when a client is being unreasonable. No matter what, yeah, we can be happy. It takes a little work, but it's possible. So today I want to talk about how we work in the direction of happiness. Not how we become happy all the time, but how do we become more happy right where we are. But before we get into that, I just want to thank you all for submitting questions for my question and answer podcast. I think it will be recording soon, probably in the next couple of weeks. I have invited my daughter, Bridget Capel, to be on that podcast with me so she can ask me the questions and kind of prod me along to make sure that I get everything answered that you've submitted. So thank you so much for submitting those questions. And if you haven't submitted yours yet, Go ahead and do so because we haven't quite finalized the agenda yet. You're all the best. I really appreciate you listening and I appreciate you participating. It's great. I'm also planning a podcast on infertility and miscarriage with my friend, Dr. Jessica Moore-Jones. So if you have any questions or input about that discussion, just let me know by sending me an email or dropping me a line on my website. I may even need another guest or two for that panel discussion. So reach out to me if you want to participate in that panel, either by submitting questions or by being included on the podcast. My email address is jacapeldvm at gmail.com. All right, ready to talk about happiness? Yeah, let's do it. When I work with my veterinary clients or even coach myself, I have to remember that life isn't supposed to be happy all the time. That's one of the primary things that we need to remember in order to create more happiness in our life. Because life is filled with both emotions and that's a good thing. Even though it doesn't always feel good, if we didn't have sadness, we could not feel happiness. If there was no love, there would be no grief. If there were no stress, we wouldn't know how to relax, right? But if that's true, then how can we be happier? How can we deal with that good, bad, 50-50 of real life and create more happiness? It's possible, but it takes introspection, brain training, and hard work. You can't just wake up one day and decide to be happier. It's not like waving a magic wand, and it doesn't depend on other people making you happy. We think that if someone else would just behave differently, like the clients or our spouse, that we could be happy. Or if we found the right person to marry, we would be happy. It doesn't depend on that, and it doesn't depend on your circumstances. 
What it does depend on is your willingness to work on your thinking and challenge your brain to change. So I did some research and compiled some steps that I think will help you start working in this direction. Some of the things are things that other people have taught me. Some of the things are from psychologists. Some are from life coaches, my life coach training, the things that I've used on my own clients. And I know this discussion will help you start on your happiness journey. So let's buckle up and talk about becoming more happy. It's so exciting. So first, I think we need to start with a growth mindset, building the belief that we can change things. It's so important because if you don't believe that you can change or you don't believe in changing yourself, there's nothing that you can do to grow. So the concept of a growth mindset was developed by a psychologist named Carol Dweck and apparently popularized in her book, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. And according to Carol Dweck, a mindset is a person's self-perception or self-belief. You may think you're good or bad at something, that your talents are fixed, and I call that our story. We all have stories about ourselves that we tend to believe, from our childhood, something that someone told us when we were younger, from our parents, our upbringing, our religion, or even the neighborhood that we grew up in. That mindset, if it's fixed, can really hold us back. But in a growth mindset, people believe that their talents and abilities can be developed through hard work and dedication. They have a love of learning, they're open to working on themselves, and realizing that they can change to improve with the right tools, the right coaches, therapists, and teachers. If you have a fixed mindset about your happiness and you believe that you can only be so happy, you'll stay stay stuck in that negative emotion and you'll observe the negatives every day. It'll be easier to pick out bad things in your day. If you work to develop a growth mindset, you'll realize that your happiness can change and it all depends on the work that you're willing to do and the work that you're willing to put into that change. So if you feel like you have a fixed mindset right now, if you're feeling stuck when it comes to your happiness, get some help. It can change your mindset from fixed to growth. Now, once you've committed yourself to grow, there are some steps that you can take to start to allow that growth into happiness. And these are the steps that I researched and developed. It's not all of the things that I found, but I picked out some of the steps that I really believe will help you start to work towards happiness. So the first one is developing and deciding on a purpose or a why for your life. Now we talk a lot about your why, and sometimes it sounds a little bit out there, right? It's hard to develop a why or a purpose for your life. But we all want to feel as if we're having a positive impact on the world. And we don't always understand what that means. So take a little time and think about what you want from your life. What good comes from the work that you're doing? And how are you impacting the world with that work? 
with your veterinary practice, with your talents, with your personality, your family, etc. All those things. It's a very difficult exercise, but if you can come up with a mission statement for your work and your life, it will help you to align everything else that you do. And having a purpose helps you develop more happiness. Now, I've done this exercise a bunch of times in different leadership seminars, and it's something that I repeat every once in a while because sometimes you forget what you decided your purpose was, or sometimes it actually changes. And I have a basic core level, but sometimes if you go back and think about it, you might tweak that purpose or your why a little bit. So my purpose and my family purpose is to love openly and build strong relationships with my children, my parents, my husband, and my friends. I want to be the person that they feel the safest with in all situations. I want to strive to be strong and dependable, and I have the same why or a similar why for friendships and my relationship with coworkers. I want to be reliable, solid. I want to be a friend that shows up for all the emotions. I want to be there through the best and the worst of my friends and my family's lives. My work purpose is slightly different but similar, and it's kind of threefold. The one for my job as a veterinarian, the one for my job as a life coach, and the one for my, le- for my leadership in my practice. I want to use my God-given talents and my life coach training to be the best vet for my clients and patients, the best coach for each veterinarian that I coach, and the best leader in my workplace and wherever I am needed. And I want to continue to push myself out of that comfort zone and be the best I can be. So if you really think about your life purpose and you start to live into that, you'll automatically create more happiness as you show up as your best self without comparison to others. And once you have that purpose defined and clear in your mind, you also need to explore what happiness really means to you. If you know what you're looking for, it's going to be easier for you to find. My definition of happiness has changed over the years. I used to think more about achievements and money goals and things that would make me happy. And I love activity and I'm usually most happy doing things. And so my old definition of happiness was how much can I accomplish? What can I do? How many things can I attend? How well can I show up? But as I've gotten older, as I've matured, I realize that happiness for me can show up in even the routine and mundane. I'm most happy when I'm chatting with my family about things that are happening or walking a client through some educational experience about their pet. I'm most happy when I'm present in the moment, whatever the moment is. So take a little time to think about your mindset. Is it fixed or growth? And then spend some time, it's gonna take longer, I think, to go through this purpose and why exercise, but spend a little time working on that. What's your definition of happiness? What's your definition of success? And really use your imagination to create your future and the happiness that you want to create. 
Because if you don't visualize something, if you don't know exactly what it is that you want, you'll be unable to produce it. You won't have a direction to work towards. Another tip that I read in an article from Psychology Today, and the article was by Dr. Chickie Davis, I think that's how you pronounce it, T-C-H-I-K-I Davis, was to make more positive memories. She said that every region of our brain can be strengthened, strengthened through practice. We're very good at remembering the negative, but we need to practice remembering the positive. If you indulge in negative thinking, like worrying or rumination, you'll reinforce your negative memories. If you practice self-judgment, you'll think more negatively and stay miserable. But if you train your brain to focus on the positive, you'll diminish your negative patterns of thinking. Work on noticing the good things from your past. Look through scrapbooks. I have a lot of scrapbooks because I'm a scrapbooker. Or look through your photo albums and focus on your good memories. When you're feeling really stuck in unhappiness, do these things to help reinforce the good. Keep a journal of all the good events of the day. Focus on gratitude. Laughs, a laugh that you had today. Write that down. And focus your attention on success to train your brain to more positive memories. Because if you want to train a muscle to be stronger, you have to use it. And if you practice focusing on success instead of failure, you will become more happy. Spend time counting your blessings is another way to think about it. Now, another thing that I want you to focus on, and we've talked about this quite a few times before, but focusing on creating balance for your life. I believe that happiness comes from within, but we must also understand that our physical needs need to be addressed so our body and brain can be open to working on happiness. Balance means knowing how to eat properly, to fuel your body, knowing how much sleep to get, which is a, one that I struggle with a lot. I hate to sleep, and so I have to force myself to get enough sleep. Use your days off to refill your cup with activities that bring you joy, even if it's just relaxing. That's something that you really want to schedule into your day. And this doesn't mean that work is not also filled with joy and happiness. When I feel discouraged about going to work, I remind myself that my work is important to the world, and I was given my talents and my drive as a veterinarian to help people. But I also know that if I don't have time to ride my bike or vacation with my family, then I don't have balance or harmony in my life. So working on your work-life harmony and scheduling it into your downtime for self-care, physical activity, home care, if your house is a disaster, that can cause stress, Put time into your relationships and your work. Work is a part of our self-care because it creates money to fund our lifestyle. It works our brain so we feel challenged and we grow. It gets me out of the house when our basement is flooded and my husband has to spend the whole day pulling apart a flooded room and tearing up wet carpet. Yep, that happened on Friday this past week. And I was so grateful that I had to go to work that day. It created so much happiness for me to have to go to work. So the point is, make sure that you know what you need and then work to get it. Do you need money? Do you need time off? 
more work, less work. Just remember that you can create happiness right where you are, but you need to have a clear head and a sound body to do it. Another thing that is really tough to work on, but I think it's a very big piece of this puzzle of embracing happiness is to tackle that negative self-talk. Because you can't work on happiness if you're continually indulging in negative self-talk. We're so much more kind to other people than we are to ourselves. And so when you feel that little chihuahua brain telling you that you're not perfect, or that you made an error, or that you're not worthy, really challenge those thoughts. Realize where they're coming from. Think of yourself as someone that you love and then ask yourself, what would you say to them in this situation? Would you indulge in this kind of talk to someone that you really love? Becoming more kind in your self-talk allows you to open up to more happiness. And if this is a big struggle for you, go to a mirror and smile at yourself. It's really hard to be negative if you're smiling. Even smiling at clients or coworkers will help you to break some of that negativity down in your brain. And if you look in the mirror and your face looks sad or grumpy, just force it to smile for a second. Say something nice to yourself. You don't have to say it out loud. People will think you're crazy if you're standing in the mirror smiling at yourself, talking to yourself. And you don't have to walk around with this fake smile plastered on your face when you're feeling terrible. But just concentrating on smiling once in a while will help break down some of that negative self-talk. Another thing that you can do to get rid of self-talk, of that negative self-talk, is to create a thought list or a download. Anywhere you are, just take a few minutes to write down your thoughts and see if they are all negative. And if they are, you need to challenge them and try to see if you can turn them into gratitudes or positive. Write down some happy memories or more positive thoughts. Even if you don't believe them in the moment, that will help you combat the negative. But also remember that you just can't change your thoughts by flipping a switch. It's an exercise. It's work. Sometimes it's really tough. But you can train your brain to see positives along the the way with the negatives and gradually move that brain of yours into more positive thinking. So I mentioned that our basement flooded and that I was able to change my negative thoughts into positive ones that morning because I got to go to work to get away from cleaning up the basement. But it's kind of a silly example, but it's a great example of how you can be really in a bad place, a really negative place, and then work to change it and look at it differently. So what actually happened was it's been raining here in Michigan all last week. It rained and rained and rained. And it was horrible. Our backyard was flooding. I was getting really anxious about it. My husband thought I was being paranoid. But I just know when there's a lot of rain that things can flood. It's happened to us before in different homes. It's happened to me at work. And so I kind of have this little um, hate relationship with heavy rain. So anyway, Friday morning, my husband went down to his home office because that's where he's working now from home. And the carpet down there was soaked. So he came upstairs and he said, oh, we have a flood in the basement. And so right away, I went super negative. I was like, oh my gosh, I knew this was going to happen. It's been raining so much. The backyard's flooded. I figured it would come in somewhere. 
oh my gosh, the whole basement is ruined. Like I went into this catastrophe thinking and my brain just got really upset and I got, I wanted to blame him for not paying attention. I wanted to blame myself for not checking more frequently in the basement to see if water was coming in. And then I got really upset. Oh, it's going to cost us a fortune. It's going to be a lot of work. We're going to have to rip up carpet because we have carpet down there. It's all finished. There's drywall, the whole thing, right? I went super negative. And so then I realized that I was there. I was in that negative space. My chihuahua brain was going nuts thinking about this. And I thought, all right, how can I turn this around? How can I not go there? Because I can't change the fact that there's water in the basement. I can't change the fact that the carpet's going to have to be pulled up, that the drywall's going to have to be ripped out to figure out where the water's coming from. We're going to have to move a bunch of junk out of that office area and maybe other rooms. We didn't know at the time where it was. And um, instead of thinking all that, what can I think differently? So I went down the basement, we really examined it, and it looked like it was only confined to the one room. It looked like it had come in through one of this, there's a window in that room, an egress window. It looked like it probably came in there and it hadn't ruined anything else. All the stuff on the floor was safe. It was just the carpet basically and the drywall obviously. So I was like, all right, well, at least the whole basement didn't flood. At least it wasn't a foot of water. It could have been way worse if our sump pump had failed or something like that. It could be that we lost a bunch of important things like scrapbooks or, you know, photos. Nothing like that was ruined. And I started to turn my thoughts into, okay, what's positive about this situation? So I started to choose some positive thoughts. Well, the one that I came up with that was the most joyful was that I didn't have to stay home that day. I had to go to work and my husband had to clean up the whole mess himself. So that was a really joyful thought for me. And it kind of changed me around to, all right, this won't be that bad. We caught it early. We're going to fix it. It isn't raining today. All the things that I could think that made this not such a big deal. And I knew a lot of people in the area were without power. Their entire basements were flooded. This wasn't that bad. In the long run, it wasn't that bad of a situation. So changing your thoughts might take time. Changing your thoughts might be as simple as just sitting down and thinking about it. But most of the time, it's work. You know, I still was disappointed that we had to do all this work in our basement. Our house is kind of a mess anyway because we're remodeling another room. And so it just adds to our plate of work. But, you know, we'll survive and we'll get this basement cleaned up at some point. It's not an emergency. Nobody's hurt. That was that was the good news. So changing my thoughts, really looking at my thoughts helped me to come around to feeling more happy about this situation. Now, I also compiled a list of activities for you that are good habits to take on when you're deeply ingrained in negative self-talk or negativity. So we've learned in the past that you can change your feelings by either thinking or acting, right? And sometimes it's hard to change your thoughts. Sometimes just taking action is easier because you don't have to combat all that negative self-talk. You just have to take on something positive. And that will slowly pull you out of negativity into happiness. Like the smiling, for instance, in the mirror, right? So I compiled a list of activities that if your brain really is fighting you on changing your thoughts, that you can just take some action. 
So here's some habits that will help you kickstart some more happiness. And just remember that everyone's version of happiness is a little bit different. So your path might be different. And some of these things might sound ridiculous to you, and that's okay. And they also may create more stress for you. So if they don't fit into your lifestyle, just forget it. But with a little practice, you'll figure out what works for you. So the first one, and I think this one is really important for everybody, is take a break from social media. If you're not happy, take a break. Put away the stupid social media because right now it's so negative. It doesn't matter what side of the political debate you're on on any, any subject. It's all negative and everybody's so mean. So don't read it. Don't put it into your brain. It's just going to make you feel more negative. Another thing is spend your money in a more careful way. Because sometimes we think spending and buying things will make us more happy. And it actually can in the short term. But then when you look in your checking account and your money's all gone, you're not happy, right? And then you just have all this crap sitting around your house. And then when your basement floods, all the crap has to be thrown out anyway, right? So think about the way you spend your money and spend it more carefully. Maybe donating some of your money to charity would create more happiness than spending it on yourself. Or donate your time to charity. That's another thing that you can do. Practice being generous with your money and your time. Sometimes that creates a lot of happiness for me. I love to be generous. And just the act of generosity will help me move from negative to positive. You can schedule lunch with a friend or make a new friend. And sometimes it's tough to make new friends when you work a lot and then you don't have a real... um, big social life if you're one of those people that finds that stressful. But sometimes just getting a little uncomfortable on purpose and getting out of that comfort zone will help to break your negative thought patterns. Another thing that you can do to get a little more happy or to push yourself into happiness is to speak up for yourself a little bit. Honor what you want. Stick up for your needs. I talk to so many of my coaching clients that feel stuck in their practice because they feel like they have no power and they're working excessive hours and they're overwhelmed and underappreciated. Sometimes just making an appointment with someone in charge and expressing your feelings, telling them what your needs and wants are will help you to get more of what you need. And that's uncomfortable if you don't like conflict but it also will allow you to open up and honor yourself. Another thing that you can do to help you work away from unhappiness is to practice mindfulness. And that's kind of what I always talk about, right? You have to go in your brain and see what's there. And sometimes it's kind of scary. Sometimes there's things in there that you don't want to face. But in order to change things, in order to have that growth mindset, you actually have to look at the things that you're thinking. And if you struggle with that, read some books, read some sayings or quotes that are more positive. Read some positive messages, some blogs from people that practice positivity. Anything that you can kind of feed into your brain in order to change the way you're thinking will help you. Like I said before, looking at photos, good memories, things like that. Exercising, eating better, cleaning up the space around you, even if it's a small cleaning job, 
just to help organize your space will help you feel less stressed and more positive. I get super happy when I clean up an area of my house, even though I hate cleaning. So it doesn't really make any sense, but if I spend a little bit of time cleaning, I'm super happy afterwards. So try that. Even if it's just your desk, throw some crap out, get rid of some junk. Another thing that you can do is think about the people that you're holding grudges against. Even if it's a client that said something mean to you six months ago and you're still hanging on to it, try to let that go. Try to forgive yourself and forgive them because holding on to all those grudges makes your brain more negative. I like doing something that I've never done before. Sometimes even if it's super uncomfortable, that pulls me out of negativity and creates more happiness for me. Schedule some fun. You know I love to ride my bike. Scheduling a bike ride with friends always makes me feel more happy when I'm feeling low. And the last thing is scheduling happiness work, in quotations, into your day. Working on your brain. Actually sitting down, spending some time with yourself and thinking. And when I do that, I like to write. I like to do the thought downloads, get all of that crap out onto paper so I can see where my brain is leading me astray. So scheduling that happiness work is part of your self-care. So I hope some of these things struck a nerve today. I hope that if you are unhappy and you're not seeing happiness right now, that you can start to work on being just a little more happy right where you are. Whether you have a flooded basement, whether your workplace is toxic, whether you have clients that are upset with you, whether one of your cases went wrong, try some of these exercises that I've suggested. And as I always say, be sure to get help if you're feeling really stuck. If these exercises aren't working for you and you're stuck in negativity, reach out to me for coaching. I have that free coaching session that I always remind you about. Contact a therapist. If you think that feels better, talk to a family member or a friend. Let somebody know where you're at. There's no shame in asking for help because we all deal with this. We're all human. We all have these human emotions. We all have ups and downs in our life. And some of them are awful. Like some of us deal with terrible, terrible things. And in those moments when you're feeling helpless and hopeless, you need to reach out. So I have a couple of quotes, actually, I think four of them. So the first one is from Sydney J. Harris. And it says, happiness is a direction, not a place. The next one is from Buddha. And it says, to enjoy good health, to bring true happiness to one's family, to bring peace to all, one must first discipline and control one's own mind. If a man can control his mind, he can find the way to enlightenment, and all wisdom and virtue will naturally come to him. The next one is from Holbrook Jackson, and it's a short one. It's happiness is a form of courage. And I agree with that. It takes courage to actually work on becoming more happy. And the last one is from Carl Jung, and it says, even a happy life cannot be without a measure of darkness. And the word happy would lose its meaning if we were not balanced by sadness. It's far better to take things as they come along with patience 
and equanimity. So there are some quotes for you, and I hope one of those struck a chord this week and something that I said will help you create more happiness this week. And if you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star review and tell your friends about veterinary life coaching. It takes all of us to turn this profession around. And I want to lead you and others on this journey of making this profession a beautiful place to work. Go to my website and sign up for my Wednesday weekly words and my blog, you'll find there too. My website is juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com. So if you work on your happiness this week, let me know, I'd love to hear about it. And go out there and have a beautiful, happy, filled day.